Hello and welcome to today's Four Ps podcast. We are going to be talking about money and we are going to be talking about how to keep it, how to save it, and how to try to not spend it as much as we are spending. And you know what? It is very hard to do that these days. You know, uh, a couple of days ago, I was sitting there during the Buffalo Bills football game and I was reading an article. Yes, I was, uh, here I am, an avid fan of the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? They're, they're, they're not impressive right now. They're, they're kind of letting me down a little bit. Hopefully they turn it around. So it's funny. I'm not as, uh, as enthused. I'm almost like their offense nowadays and I am uh, off and, and wandering in my mind. But I was reading this article on CBC website and it was talking about how companies are now just, they don't care. They're raising their prices and it is called profit led inflation. Now inflation, there's a couple things going on with inflation here in 2023. Yes. Can you can you blame the feds and can you blame the bank of canada yes you can they are raising interest rates and they're telling you they're raising interest rates in order to slow growth down so that is also contributing to uh raise interest rates money costs more and as money costs more things cost more and that happens that is that is the financial aspect but there's another aspect before uh, inflation and back in other days, you know, companies would be like, ah, I'm going to I'm going to try to hold off on raising prices uh, so we don't offend consumers. Nowadays, they are. They're just raising prices. And as a result of them raising prices, we are going in and we are spending a lot of money. Uh, I was sitting there thinking a couple of years back uh, I had this is back in 2019 before I had moved to Asheville, I had rented an apartment and the apartment that I rented, it was a two bedroom. I mean, it wasn't anything big and flashy. It was uh, on the North end of Indianapolis, the far North end of Indianapolis. And I think I was paying, if I remember correctly, I think I was paying $700 a month for that apartment. Not that much. It was actually, like I said, I just wanted something that I can go uh, and and work in, and, and stay at this place and work and it was kind of like a place to lay my head until i moved to asheville that same apartment complex my son just moved into it the same apartment complex one bedroom and this is not even four years later four full years later the same apartment complex for one bedroom is now one thousand dollars a month okay so the price of the cost of living has gone up substantially uh, since that time. So if you're looking at the cost of living going up, and the other thing is, is your wages are not moving halfway as fast as the uh, the, the the inflation prices. You know, if you're if you're getting if inflation's running at eight percent and you get a three percent raise, you actually got a five percent cost. Uh, or, or, or um, I would say you, I, I could say this word a couple times. I'm so upset about it. It's not even funny, but you actually got a 5% decrease in your pay. If you think about it, you know, you said like, oh, I got a 3% raise. Okay, great. Well, cost of living just went up 8%. So what, who cares? You're still behind. So there are things like that going on. And so you have that going on. And then we're talking about this thing that I read in the CBC article about Profit-led inflation, where companies are like, you know what, we're not even going to absorb this cost, the the increased cost in supplies and increased cost in resources. We're just going to go ahead and go ahead and chuck that down to the to the to the consumer. And you know what, consumers are just going ahead and pay for paying for. It. And so what this 
article was saying is, you know what? Shoppers need to stop just dropping money because it says that's how much it costs. They need to shop around a little bit. And we don't shop around as much as we used to. We push push buttons. We get this. We get that. We get caught in our routine. You know, I go to Target all the time and that's where I'm going to go. Well, you know what? If you went to Big Lots, you might be able to get that same thing a little cheaper. It might take a little bit of work, but you're going to get it a little cheaper. And that's things that we're not doing right now because we're so used to just buying uh, and whatever the price is, is what the price is. And that's what they do. So today's episode is going to try to help you in managing your money a little better, realizing where bargains are, cutting the fat, which is something that we have to do because we're doing it so much, and hopefully driving inflation down. You know what? The only people that can stop profit-led inflation it's not the corporations. It is you, the consumer. You could stop that. But we're not really going to talk a lot about that. We might talk about that on another podcast episode. But what I do want to talk about today is I do want to bring our guest on. And one guest that we have today, she um, is a phenomenal individual. I'm going to tell you, when I do my podcast, everybody's like, where do you find your guest? And I people ask me that all the time. I literally literally get online. I look on, look through Facebook. I look through uh, internet. I, I pull up newspaper articles. I do all of these things and I reach out to these people and I find these guests. And sometimes it takes a long time for these guests to finally say, okay, I will do your show. Sometimes it's instantaneous. This individual that we are about ready to talk to, she, I said, hey, you know, I, I read her her website and I, I went on her, her um, I went on her site, I read her reviews, and she is the CEO of You're Richer Than You Think. And this individual was phenomenal because I said, yeah, I love this website. I love the concept of their company. I love how they do personal finance and, and they work with small businesses and they work with with people in order for them to manage their money a lot better and to get to the point to where they are not living paycheck to paycheck. So I was like, I'm going to reach out to this company. I call the number. I kid you not. And she is the one that answered the phone. She has a staff. She answered the phone. And then she didn't rush me off. I told her what I was doing. I told her, hey, I have a podcast. I want to interview you. And right there on the spot, she says, oh, love your, I love the message. I want to help people and I'm here to do it. And I told her if she has this type of passion, and here you go, I'm using one of my P's, but if she has this type of passion to get this message out and she uh, is attentive to me as much as she's attentive to her uh, customers and her clients, her clients are really better off for choosing her as a customer, as as a um, as a company, I should say, and as as someone that can consult them through this weird and challenging economic time. This individual's name is Kathleen Pintergast, and she again, she is with Richer Than You Think. She's a CEO, and when we come back, we are going to talk to her about managing money and about cutting the fat. And I'm going to tell you, she is so knowledgeable. You will not, you will not, uh, this, I should say, this will not be the last time you hear her on this program. And we'll be right back talking to Kathleen Pintergast right after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, 
You'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're webinit. Okay, and we're back. We're back. You know, we've been talking about financial situations and budgeting and inflation and all those other things that you know, it doesn't just affect uh, North America, but it affects us. It affects our households. It affects, it actually affects the way we sleep, the way we eat, everything. And so today I'm bringing in an expert. We're bringing in Kathleen Pendergast and she is with You're Richer Than You Think. Uh, it is a organization that deals with personal finance, with budgeting for small businesses as well. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming. And, you know, I, I was reading the backstory for uh, You're Richer Than You Think, and I'm I'm reading your backstory. And you you were in Chicago and you you dealt with nonprofits and, and all this. What made you uh, come into this field? I have been in the financial side of nonprofits my entire career. And so I, I originally was uh, running the fund development operation for several nonprofits. And then there, with that, you're, you're dealing with budgets every single day. Um, and so uh, from there, I, I sort of capped out in my career there and I went into banking. And once I went into banking, um, I, I knew that I wanted to help consumers in a different way from sales. And I saw the fragility of consumers just by looking at their account activity every day. And I, I said, there has to be a way that that, that I can help people with this. I know how to manage money from day one to day 30 every month, and I've got to be able to help people with that. And so I started Richer Than You Think. I tested it within the banking, you know, with my banking clients. And um, I eventually grew it large enough to where I could kind of step over out of banking and into the, the job full time. But I've always been involved in money management, budgeting, finances since the, you know I got out of college. Fantastic. So now there there are people that are sitting there. They 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 hear the name. They hear the name of your company, richer than you think. Yeah. And these are individuals that are literally living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And then you would come in and say, I mean, I mean, your website says richer than you think. How are how do you get people to to believe that? So part of it is aspirational. They want to be richer, so they kind of focus on that word, right? So it's it, part of it's aspirational, but part of it is absolutely real, Trunus, because um, there is fat in almost every budget. In seventeen years that I've had this business, I can probably count on one hand five people where I could not help them because they were upside down and I, and I couldn't find anywhere to cut. But there, here's where the fat is. It's in food, it's in shopping, it's in travel. Those are the three places where the, I can always find fat because the rest of the budget tends to be bills. And sometimes it's in kids' activities, right? People paying a lot of money for lots of activities that maybe the kids are or are not doing. So kid, the kids' section can be a little bit pricey too in terms of fat um but i'm talking about fat meaning that it's more you're more being spent there than is really necessary not that you don't want to put your kids in activities but sometimes i i come across this all the time where kids are in four and five activities and they actually only want to be in one so mm -hmm. i have the clients go back and ask you know ask your child which one you want to pick 
And they always pick one that surprises the parent, but I think that's fascinating. You know, let them decide what they want to be in. But then you can cut three of them out and that saves you a lot of money. But the fat primarily is, is in, you know, like I said, food shopping and travel. And that's where I say you're richer than you think, because I always find a way to balance your budget and, 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 and ha actually have you saving money that you never thought you had. Wow. So now inflation, and, and, and this is the, the, the new story uh, of the, well, the last two or three years for sure, that inflation uh, is outpacing uh, wages, the uh, increase in mm -hmm. wages. Um, does that, how does that, and again, how would you take this current economic situation and, and, and help out someone who is listening to the news stories, who is actually seeing that when they had a 5% raise, but they had an 8% increase and, uh, in, in, in the cost of living. How, how do you see that? How do you balance that out with individuals? You sort of have to adjust your lifestyle sometimes. You know, part of it is I try to help people be careful about the rhetoric. You know, I, I try to teach them why that inflation happened to begin with. You know, we had two years of government support. And when you have government support and people didn't save that money, Trunas, they spent it. And yes. when you're spending money that is being given to you, you know, in some way or other that's being given to you, that really affects inflation and it's going to normalize. I just try to tell people that, you know, let's bring lifestyle down until inflation normalizes because it will. The Fed is doing a lot of work to try to bring inflation down and, it, and it's, it's starting to come down. But it came, it was up because we got all of that that pandemic money, and mm -hmm. it not just you and me, but it, it got into the economy in so many different ways. And that basic economics 101 is if there's a bunch of money going into the economy, people are going to spend it, and prices are going to go up because goods are being you know goods are being in um, you know they're they're being stretched, you know. So it's a supply demand issue that causes inflation to happen. It will come down, but in the meantime, lifestyle needs to also adjust if your if your income is not keeping pace with inflation. But in general, it does. It's just that in certain times it doesn't, and we just need to make adjustments in how we spend our money at that point. Okay. Now, as far as if you tell a client that, and, and again, I'm sure that we're gonna, it's almost like, okay, you have to make a sacrifice. I'm sure that's what they hear. Uh, what mm -hmm. are what is your what is your comeback to 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 uh, a little the resistance that people may give you when you when you talk to them about that. You know, it's interesting, Trunus, I don't get resistance. What they want to know is, can you help us bring this into balance? You know, what should our food be? What should our gas be? What should our shopping be? Maybe we don't travel next year, right? Maybe we have to take a year off of travel. What they want is, please tell, please help me balance the budget so that you know, we are not making all this money and it's going all out the door. Help us pay off our debt, help us save for an emergency fund, help us get to financial stability. And in any economy, we can get there, any economy. It's just a matter of making sure that you're expensive. And sometimes I may run into a, a situation where temporarily somebody may need to take a second job. You know, there may need to be a second source of income but that's temporary, that's not sustainable long-term. So we always set a goal with that second income. It's never to pay the light bill. It's usually to pay off debt, which is gonna mm -hmm. bring your budget down, or it's to infuse the emergency funds so that you get some protection under you. And so, but it's never to pay the light bill or the food bill ever. And in rare occasions, will I say to a client that, 
you know, the second spouse needs to, you know, who's not working may need to get a job. But that's, the, again, that's that five people in 17 years I've had that experience with, to be honest with you. It's usually, it's usually the shopping and the food situation that's causing the problems in the budget because those tend to not have limits with families and individuals okay. as well. And then as far as you talked about, and one thing you did talk about is emergency funds. And, and like I said, we see a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck now. Um, what, how do you, um, what, what advice would you give to someone who doesn't have an emergency fund at this time? How would you get them to start building an emergency fund? Like now, even in the, even when they're in a, a, uh, a kind of an upside down experience or, or financial situation. Well, the first thing to do is to get a budget, put a budget together so that you know where you are. So get your monthly income at the top and put all of your expenses, all of your bills at the bottom. And if you're a single individual, you should probably be spending about $150 a month on food or $150 a week on food. I'm sorry. And then if you're a family, it depends on the size of your family, but it's anywhere from, you know, 250 to maybe 700 a week on food, depending on the size. Mm -hmm. um, but and then shopping, you know, make it $100 or, you know, maybe $200, but list all of your expenses out and see where you are, because you may not be upside down if you have those numbers. If you have your historical data, you're probably upside down. But if you have the data that what you should be given your household size, you may not be upside down and therefore you use the profit at the bottom. So let's say that your income is $2,000 a month and your expenses are $1,900 a month, you take that $100 that's left over, that goes into your emergency fund. And you do that methodically. Persistence is in your four Ps, right? You right. do it methodically every month until you get your emergency fund. If you're an individual, it should be six months of your expenses. And if you're a family with two incomes, it should be three months of your expenses. Anywhere in between there would work. Okay. But you use your profit at the end of the month, but you want to know what your profit is expected to be before the month even starts. So what is my expected profit for, for November? Don't wait till November's over. Know what it's supposed to be at the beginning and start to live within those numbers so that that $100 is realized at the bottom. And we, that's what we help people do. That is great. Now, so I know that we have a lot of, we have an audience in the United States and Canada. You do focus on, uh, as far as your clients are concerned, I know that you are, you're essentially located here in, you're in, you're in Tennessee, but you do deal with clients nationwide, correct? Yeah, we do all over the country. Fantastic. And you want to keep it. And again, like I said, for my for my Canadian uh, listeners out there, uh, we will help you uh, with the someone else. But uh, um, Kathleen is is strictly with the United States. So just but the principles. Yes. And the principles are exactly the same. You know, no matter where you are in the world, you know, one plus one is always two. And, and so the principles that we would use with U.S. dollars would be the same that you would use with Canadian dollars, you know, European dollars, whatever. But the principles of living within our means is exactly the same. And you know what's interesting is I picked up a book in a used bookstore that was, per, that was it's called The Book of Thrift and it was written in 1918. And I read this book and it was verbatim what I teach. Wow. Nothing, you know, so the, so the, the principles of personal budgeting has not changed in, in 200 years. No, it's the same. 
it's it was so fascinating to read this book because it and I've given it to so many people. It's just fascinating that the principles have not changed. What has changed and what really hurts consumers is that the ability to spend money has become too easy. And mm -hmm. so you can just you can just buy on I'm going to pick on Amazon because they're the beast, right? Mm -hmm. They are raking it in at at, at consumers expensing and, and I challenge consumers to stand up against that, you know. Buy on Amazon, but buy within your budget. But what happens with Amazon is that you can press that button on your phone because the phone is connected to your card and you don't feel the pain at all from spending that money. And what's worse is the past couple of years has come into play this pay in four concept, right? So almost every purchase you make, you could break it up into four payments. That is murder on these budgets that I have seen from so many people coming in because those they collect that money regardless of whether you are ready to pay it or not that comes in like a payday loan and those are really dangerous things to get into because then you think i'm just only spending ten dollars on this product but that ten dollars is coming out every other week and by the you know and I've, I've had clients with 40 of these things it's scary and so the so i tell people to never do the pay in for and really, you know, try not to make spending so easy. Make sure that, you know, you have to get up and go get your debit card or your credit card before you make that purchase. To have it just on your phone and you don't even feel it or see it, that's really dangerous. And it's and it not only is it dangerous, I mean, I see it play itself out in the amount of money that people are spending on shopping. That's why I say that's where the fat is. And, you know, and it's funny that you should say that because I real I started whenever I go out of town and go on vacation, I always go and I always take ATM cash. I always go get cash out of the ATM machine because mm -hmm. when I use a card and this is I guess it's just the way it is because of the, I get I think it's psychological and the and the pain thing that you're talking about. Uh, if I use a, a debit card, I, I will spend way more money than I do when I use cash because I don't want to. It's something like, OK, I want to be able to I want to hold on to this cash as much as possible. Yes. So that's and I, that is such a great practice. I mean, congratulations, because not a whole lot of people do that. Um, and now you're running into a little bit you're starting to run into some retailers that don't want to take cash mm -hmm. and so what i what i recommend people do is you know your vacation budget is five hundred dollars for example that you're going to go wherever you're going to go let's just pull that out of the air i recommend that they use a, a a credit card that has you know zero balance on it and once that and it's so easy to look at your credit card balance and see how you're approaching that five hundred dollar limit if you're just using a credit card that has $6,000 on it and you put 500 more, you're not gonna know the difference. But if you're using a card that's zero and that's the card that you use for travel, then you'll know when you hit your limit, you'll know when you hit that 500. And it's so, so um, helpful to clients when they when they do that, or they'll, they'll get a prepaid debit card and they'll do it that mm -hmm. way if they don't wanna use a, a, a credit card. But the but it, it allows you to have that freedom that you may run into either with an, you know, with a currency exchange issue, if you're going out of the country, or you might start running into it with some retailers that, you know, don't, some small little retailers that might not want to take cash. So I have them use their credit cards or the prepaid debit card when they're traveling. But, but the, the concept is exactly what you said. You know, I took my $500 out and that's it. Well, I took my card with zero on it. Once it hits 500, we're done. Very good. Very yeah. good. Well, thank you so much, Kathleen. I appreciate your time today. And again, 
what I and I and for my audience, I will make sure that uh, richer than you think the website and how to contact Kathleen and her staff will be in the podcast notes. Um, I really do think that this is a especially this time uh, we need to get our our financial. Uh, uh, our financial house in order, so to speak. And I, and, and we have some great advice from Kathleen here. And I'm sure that for each individual, even though we talked vaguely today for each individual, I'm sure that she can work with you and she has a definite plan. Thank you so much, Kathleen. We'll be right back after this. Do you have the next big thing that world changing, whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Welcome back. I hope that Kathleen's information was indeed informative and i hope that you reach out to her if you need it you know this is a great time to stop living paycheck to paycheck and to really start taking a a look at your finances like i said your finances are the most important part of your plan in order for you to achieve your purpose because with your if your finances are out of whack you're not going to be able to achieve your purpose, whatever that purpose may be, unless your purpose costs no money. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is not anything out here that is free. Not even, I mean, they always say the best things in life are free. And I have not found those things yet. And maybe I'd be a lot happier than I am today if I found those free things. But like I said, make sure, uh, read the podcast notes, look at the information that are that is on our website, you know, call, get it, get an interview, get a consultation with her and see if you can go and, and work on that. Now, after you're done with that, and you have gotten to the point where you're living, uh, you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck and you have some money and you, you want to make that money grow and have your, instead of you working for money, have you working, uh, have your money working for you, then our next guest is somebody that you want to talk to. She is out of Michigan, and her name is Jessica Tomek, and she is with Edward D. Jones. And when we come back, we will be talking to Jessica regarding how to make your money grow, and she's going to be talking a little bit about what she does and how to reach her in order to make sure you have assets and you are sound and secure for retirement and for other things. We'll be right back after this. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Okay, and we're back with Jessica Tomac. She is works with Edward D. Jones up in Michigan, uh, very cold Michigan right now. Uh, Jessica, welcome to our program. Uh, thank you for, for joining us, and tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Well, I have been a financial advisor for 11 years and got into this business because it is a predominantly male-dominated industry. And while I was personally seeking financial advisors for guidance, didn't really feel like we connected, didn't feel like they understood what I was looking to do or questions that I had. And so after firing five financial advisors, I decided to become one. And in that passion to give women a safe place to ask financial questions, uh, I really pursued a, a passion of helping folks going through a divorce, making sure they're getting a fair shake instead of being bullied into some agreement that's not in their best interest and uh, helping business owners juggle, you know, home, family life and finances on the personal side and still growing their business. And then helping widows uh, really understand and feel secure with where they're at being the only income and in charge of all of their finances and not having that partner to talk about financial matters with. So that's been my focus and, and why I do what I do. That is fantastic. Um, this is a very uh, tricky climate to save and to, to manage money. Um, what challenges have have uh, come across uh, have come by you since since this new uh, economic climate has developed so I think it actually started with the catalyst of covid right people living together not being able to leave and maybe seeing too much of each other and there was a huge surge in divorce and um, people separating and then and then as they're splitting assets and trying to figure out what's my new normal now you see inflation, going exponentially. I mean, you could get grapes for 99 cents and now they're 4.99. Uh, so, you know, how do you make sure that you're eating and, and taking care of yourself today, but not losing sight of where you also need to be planning for your future? Uh, I think it has gotten more difficult for some um, of trying to understand what that balance is. And there's a lot of mindsets. So oftentimes this fear mindset will come upon you and they'll have so much fear about what if I don't get paid tomorrow or what if this happens that they don't do anything. And, um, and then that just hurts them exponentially bad moving forward. Absolutely. Now for these, these, you, you said you deal with a lot of people who go through uh divorce, you go through, uh, and, and are widowed. Are you dealing with, with younger people just starting out uh, or, or do they, um, you know, do they feel that they don't need you? I mean, how, how do you deal with people that are maybe in their late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties? Yeah, typically those folks in their late twenties and thirties, I tell, uh, I kind of liken it to a, a, a coach, right? I'm their financial coach. So they don't necessarily need me to do investing because likely the only investing that they might be able to do is within their own 401k plan if they work for an employer anyway right and we're tackling some debt and we're saving for the first house and we're doing other things but not necessarily maybe investing as we would think about long-term investments for your future 10 15 years from now so i help kind of coach them and walk them through what to do next here's your next two things when you complete those two things you come talk to me and let's see where you're at and let's adjust and then i'll give you the next two things okay and now the the funny that you started the story where you had financial advisors and you did not like your financial advisors so you became a financial advisor of your own uh it almost sounds like the uh the gillette commercial a little bit uh i bought my own company which is great because i use gillette but um anyway um with that being said 
tell us, obviously you have a passion for investing and, and what were you doing before uh, you got into to, um, uh, investing? Yeah, so I went to college because I thought I wanted to be an accountant. Um, but when I got into the accounting program, I said, I love numbers, but people, these accountants don't love people. And I, I need to talk. Like, I like to talk. I have a lot of energy and they're introverts and this is not for me. So um, I kept my accounting focus, did my business management. And when I left the corporate America, I was doing mergers and acquisitions and strategic planning. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I was traveling a ton, um, doing great business stuff, um, but really felt like I was just making the rich richer and I wasn't helping the common folks. And I got to a point that I had small kids at home and I, I didn't want to be gone all the time traveling. So thought I was going to take a different job in corporate America. And then this just kind of the catalyst happened. And I was like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm going to do this. So took the leap and, and no regrets. Okay. So you've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. Um, and so obviously you enjoy it because I mean, you've been doing this for, for a great deal and you have a great passion uh, and you do deal and you help women out. Um, and that is, and again, like I said, the, the needs for the financial needs of, of women are different uh, than the financial needs of men in, in many cases, because, you know, one, one thing is it's longevity. We do not live as long um, because we do, we tend to do funny things we don't we we do things to we do things to kind of limit our our lifespan um so your clients are product now when you talked about you also have business clients so when you talk about business clients are they are they female uh predominantly or are they are they male as well uh they're predominantly female business owners uh, and to your point i laugh at people coming to me guys come into me and they say i know you only work with women well that's not the case but mm -hmm. if we don't connect uh, on a personal level, I'm going to find you a different person that would be best for you. I'm not going to bring you on and help you myself. I'll find uh, someone who's more appropriate for you. Um, and when I work with husbands and wives, um, I laugh and I tell the guy right then and there, listen, I'm always about girl power. I'll always make sure she's going to be taken care of. And if you don't like what I have to say, then we shouldn't work together, right? She can come to me when you die because she'll still love me and you you don't, right? Mm -hmm. um, I have fired people because you know they felt like it was there the husband felt like it was his money it was he earned it and he was gonna run her destitute and i showed him 800 ways why this was gonna lead her in poverty and he didn't care and i was like i can't i can't work for you because i can't look at your kids later and be like why didn't you help mom and be like i tried your dad wouldn't listen Right. So now you also you, you talked about relationship and money, and I think that relationship is a a, a big thing. Um, have you? Could you have any any? And I know you can't get into anything totally personal, uh, but do you have any stories of where uh, or instances that you've heard where a bad relationship between a money manager and the client um, has caused issues of of probably I don't know bad investments or what are or, or just bad results in general yeah I, I think they're they're out there all the time right um i tell everybody you know not everybody's created equal <laughs> there are many people who say they're financial advisors not everybody does financial advising wealth planning um and a few bad apples can ruin the whole bushel right and so there are folks out there investments that people get their money put into they don't understand what they're putting it into they can't get their money out of it i mean there was a situation where 
a woman after her husband died was told to put all of her money into this one asset. She didn't realize she wouldn't have access to it. And if she did try to access it, there was a 20% penalty every time mm. she needed money out. And she needed money out to live. Like they didn't say, oh, keep this amount out and live on it and then invest this. No, they wanted it all. Uh, and simply my feelings were because they wanted a commission, right? So right. I think there are, unfortunately, stuff that happens or people do investments. I had a lady come in. She's like, I'm super nervous. Um, you know, my parents invested and they put all their money in some crazy investment. They lost it all. And I said, well, okay, let's talk about what that looks like. Because there's a ton of fear for her that if she comes and works with me, she's going to lose it all. And so we kind of played through what does losing it all look like? And her parents really did go to zero. Okay. They mm -hmm. literally lost it all. And I said, well, listen, and in 2008, the market was really bad. It went down 50%. But if you had good, solid investments, you know, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Charmin, these places didn't go out of business. Was their value of their stocks down? Yes. But they all came back. Right. Um, I said, but when you do these crazy investments, there's a lot of risk and they can go to zero. I don't do crazy stuff. So. Very good. So, I mean, I'm not going to, if you're not going to, uh, and, and I'm using this because this is a volatile investment, you're not going to tell someone to go and, and invest in Bitcoin or some other uh, currency like that, right? No, never. And in fact, when there was a Bitcoin was really big, probably a year or two ago, and I was getting phone calls all the time about, hey, should we put some money in Bitcoin? I said, not here. If you if you are so inclined to do it, I'm going to tell you it's a bad idea, but you go do it somewhere else on your own. So when it goes to zero, it's not my problem. But don't put in more than you're willing to go to zero. And I did have folks uh, put some in. And one of the husband's uh, he, he thought, he said, I can do this cheaper. I can do it better. And so he had his little pool of money that he agreed that he would do. And uh, in the end, he lost most of it and made his wife call me and say, transfer it. He's done trying to mess with this himself. He said, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, why didn't he call me? She was like, he, he doesn't want to call you about this. I was like, okay, I'll try not to rub it in his face. Absolutely not. No, and that is good. And you know, and 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 I'm very happy to to say that that you are someone who doesn't focus on commissions because I'm sure that there are there are there are deals out there. And and it's funny you brought up 2008 because one of the reasons why 2008 happened is because a lot of people who were doing investments were driven by the commissions and really hurt not only themselves in the long run, but they destroyed uh, um, our economy for a good a good long time. If someone's looking for an, uh, an, uh, a money manager, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give them? I would say two pieces of advice. Number one is I would be looking for a certified financial planner, a CFP. Uh, not that there can't be bad apples in that bunch as well, but they are legally held to an ethical code to work in your best interest versus their own. And there are literally financial advisors out there who tout that I am not a fiduciary. And that is because they are telling you they don't have to work in your best interest, right? Uh, okay. uh, they are telling you they are only commission based. So I would say a CFP, well, they not only uh, have to work in your best interest, but they also understand more of just, just investments. They understand a holistic approach. And I think that's really important for folks. Second thing I would tell everybody is to interview people. Um, you have to have a connection. 
uh, you know, by talking to me, I am vibrant, I am animated, you know, I am excited, and other financial advisors will be very passive. There's just different personalities. I personally don't work well with engineers. They ask me too many questions. They want to go down rabbit holes that I don't want to go down for two hours, right? right. Now, am I passionate about helping women and making sure they have a safe place to ask me questions, that they know how they're going to pay their bills and what their future looks like? Uh, no matter if it's you know someone who's making thirty thousand or four hundred thousand, um, it doesn't matter to me. We all deserve some help and guidance, and and being able to get that plan that gets you faster, quicker, and better to whatever it is that you want to achieve. So those are the things I think are the two things that are most important. Fantastic. Now, the uh, last thing I will say is uh, I really do appreciate um, you being on the show and the, the, the great wealth of knowledge that you sent us. Uh, I will have in the podcast notes uh, a link to get to Jessica. So if you have further questions and questions that are specific to your financial situation, you will be able to ask her uh, by email or even by a phone call. Uh, if you are ready to invest, which you should always be ready to invest, uh, again, Jessica, Jessica will be a great person to talk to. And, and clearly she's someone who is looking out for your best interests and not looking for the commission. Jessica, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I had a great time with you and uh, stay warm up there in Michigan. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Do you have the next big thing? That world-changing whatchamacallit? Do you have a story to tell? You need a show-stopping web presence. You need the web spinners at Webinit. With big picture solutions, spinning together SEO, stellar web design, blogging, podcasts, and social media integrations, you'll find yourself developing your latest and greatest thing, idea, or telling that next chapter in your story. Look us up today at webinit.com. And remember, you're not everywhere unless you're Webinit. Welcome back. Once again, I'd like to thank Jessica and Kathleen for all of their financial advice and assistance. They didn't give true financial advice, but they did give a way for us all to think and consider and really take steps towards better financial outlooks in all of our lives. And again, the website for both Kathleen and Jessica will be in the podcast notes. I want to know, talking about podcasts, we are expanding. Uh, we are not only going to be on Spotify, but we are going to be Amazon. And we are now getting ready to hit Apple. We're going to be on Apple as well. Uh, we are moving and grooving. And there are a lot of things happening when it comes to the podcast growth. Another thing is next week. Do not forget, and this will be in the podcast notes as well, I'll be doing a virtual event, and it will be out of Oklahoma City. Uh, it is going to be a fantastic event. I cannot wait to be doing this, uh, and it is a, it's, a, it's a great event, and you are welcome to come. It is free to those who register. Please register for the event. You can hear me run my mouth a little bit more if, if, if you don't get enough of, of, of me running my mouth here. Again, I'll be doing that. That will be in the, you can register by hitting the podcast notes as well. I will be seeing you tomorrow. We're going to have a special uh, Veterans Day event, and uh, we're going to be also talking about the Marine Corps birthday. The Marine Corps birthday is actually on the 10th, but 
you know, Veterans Day falls on a Saturday. So we will definitely be talking about um, veterans and what they can do. We're going to be talking about veteran success. And we're also going to be talking about some of the things that veterans go through. And there are some pretty bad things that veterans go through after they get out. So we are going to uh, talk about some of the services that are available to them. I will be talking to you tomorrow and you have a fantastic, fantastic rest of the day. Goodbye.